Welcome to the Wilson and Lyling podcast. Today, Dr. Wilson will be sharing the Word of God. Let's all get ready to receive. Welcome to our WilsonLyling.com leadership podcast. If you like our messages, can I encourage you to consider subscribing to our newsletter. It's free and it will keep you updated on all the latest materials that we are producing. Today, I'm going to talk about building deeper convictions. You see, the conviction of a leader is crucial to their ability to lead as inspiringly and also for their long-term success. I have touched on various aspects of that in previous podcasts. In a two-part The Leader's Conviction podcast, I elaborated about the types of convictions and also about the dangers of unbalanced convictions. So today, I will unpack six critical ingredients that will help us build deeper biblical convictions. The first key is this. We need to value deeper convictions. You see, leaders must have convictions and must value convictions. We must have deeper convictions, unshakable convictions even. You see, every conviction that we build deeply into our lives are like pitons that the mountain climbers use to anchor into the rock face. The deeper it is hammered into the rock face, the stronger it will be held against being pulled out. And so the more pitons that these climbers are able to put into the rock face, that whole series of anchors will make it all so much stronger. And even if one of these pitons fail, the rest will just hold the climber up. And so in the same way, the more convictions that we anchor into our lives, the greater will be the resistance against failure. Think about that. The stronger our convictions, the greater the challenges we can face, the greater our passion, the greater our impact upon others. Hence, leaders must always make it one of our key disciplines and passions, building deeper convictions in our lives. Now, the Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 12, it says, So I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. So it talks about convictions. I realized that I needed to build my convictions deeply and quickly. Why? So that I can be used by God more fully. You see, the lack of convictions will slow me down. So when something comes to me from God, whether it's through God's Word or through His Holy Spirit, I want to make sure that I grasp it and I develop my convictions based upon it. So it is crucial that you develop strong convictions over a wide area. You see, our convictions should not only be limited to just biblical or spiritual matters in the area of our personal interests alone. It needs to spread wide into as many spiritual areas as possible, into education, and business, and health, politics, economics, sports, and so forth. Why? Because God wants us to spread the influence of the kingdom into this world. Now, the second key ingredient is God's Word. 
You see, God's Word is a fundamental ingredient for godly and biblical convictions. It is so important to base our convictions upon the Word of God. We must know God's Word and know it well. Because if we misinterpret or if we misunderstand God's Word, it could lead to misplaced convictions. If we are ignorant about some aspect of God's Word, it could mean that we could begin to lack some aspect in building godly convictions. Now, let me try to explain for us that we need to distinguish between different categories of biblical truth. Firstly, that's what I would call direct or uh, explicit biblical truth is based directly on the scripture. For example, the scripture says God is love. That, that's simply direct and explicit. The second aspect is what I would call a derived or implicit biblical truth. It's the kind of truth that we find between what is already explicitly stated for us in the scriptures. So for example, we can say that God is one yet three. God is a triune God. It's an implicit truth that we discover in the scriptures. Then we have the extrapolated biblical truth. For example, uh, from what we already know in the scriptures, those truths, then we begin to look at it and we say, hey, we can extrapolate from it further out. For example, where we say God is outside of time, that perhaps that God created time. So we could have those category of extrapolated biblical truths. Another aspect I want to mention is about biblical principles. So how do we get biblical principles? It's going below what was explicit to begin to see what was the principle behind all these statements and teachings and instructions of the scripture. For example, the Bible tells us, do not get drunk on wine. Now, you could uh, think below it and say, ah, the scripture is talking about avoiding drunkenness. But more than that, you can delve a little bit more deeper than that and begin to understand that we should not lose a sound-mindedness or we should not lose a spirit-mindedness. And that principle becomes much more applicable over a wide range of situations. And so when we rely only on biblical truths, our convictions are limited to specific biblical statements only. And when we understand, derive biblical truth, we can broaden our potential range of convictions. And when we broaden on the basis of biblical principles, we further broaden our conviction areas. Let me give you an example. For example, I believe that Christ followers can participate in war. Now, I do not believe that God's intention is that we be pacifists. In other words, we avoid war at all costs. Why? Because we see the principle of fighting or waging war in the Old Testament. God is actually a God of war. Think about that. God starts wars. He fights wars and He wins wars. In fact, right now, there is a war in the heavenlies between God and angels against the kingdom of darkness. You see, God does war against evil. God wars uh, against unrighteousness and so forth. So what we need to understand is this. War in itself is not bad, nor is it good. It is actually neutral. War is a means to an end. And it is why, it is why, we fight wars and 
how we fight wars. That makes it a, a bad or evil or, or anything in between. You see, when governments engage in war, the governments of this world, when they engage in war, it's often corrupted, it's messy and so forth. Which is why it is often difficult to work out whether we should be involved in human wars. Now my point is this, if we are to build our convictions broadly, we must understand God's Word so well that we can extract the right principles and properly apply it across many complex issues. Then we can begin to build godly and biblical convictions, even in those areas. Now the third ingredient is faith. Faith comes into the whole equation because we must believe in God's Word, that it is fully true. Now, many believe intellectually, but fewer believe in their hearts. You see, too often, we are unbelieving believers because we fail to believe fully what the Bible declares. When we lack faith, we lack conviction. When the Bible says, lay hand on the sick and they will be healed, how many of us think in the hearts? Well, perhaps we must grow in our faith level so that our convictions can grow too. We can grow in our faith in response to God when He speaks to us. The Bible tells us about Gideon. Gideon's faith grew the more he interacted with God until it was large enough, it was strong enough to tackle the entire Midianite army. So leaders, we need to have the faith to build our conviction based on God's Word. That is foundational. The, and then on top of that, we should build the kind of faith that would believe what God would speak specifically to us through the Holy Spirit. You know, when I look through my own journey in ministry, becoming a pastor, eventually becoming an elder in HIM Global, and eventually the president of HIM Global, uh, planting this church and, and plan, beginning to plant forth other churches, building our uh, community center, and so forth. All of this are part of my growing in my own faith. And as I grew my faith, my conviction grew, and God was able to work in and through me. Now, the fourth key ingredient is the need to know God. Think about this. You see, part of building a conviction rely upon our relationship with God because fundamentally, we are having to trust God. The question is how much do we trust God? Only to the degree we know God well enough to trust Him in our hearts. So a related question is how well? How well do we understand God? Do we understand how God does things? Uh, do we understand His heart? Do we understand what He is actually asking of us and so forth? Now, it is so important for us to understand what He is asking of us clearly because people often get disappointed with God because they fail to understand what He is requiring of us. And this creates misunderstanding and they begin to wonder why God did not help them or respond to them in the way that they expected. Now, for example, the prophet Agabus gave a prophetic word to Paul, uh, but was it to dissuade him or to prepare him? Now, Paul knew exactly what it was. Now, in Acts chapter 21, verse 11, 13, it tells us that Agabus was there and coming over to Paul, he took Paul's belt, 
tied it with his hands and feet with it, and said, The Holy Spirit says, In this way, the Jews of Jerusalem will bind the owner of this belt and hand him over to the Gentiles. And when we heard this, we and the people pleaded with Paul not to go up to Jerusalem. But then Paul answered this, Why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul's perspective was quite different from the other hearers, even though they all heard the same prophetic word. And so the key is Paul's understanding of the heart of God. So our convictions will be strengthened as we know our God better. Now let me give you the fifth key ingredient, and that is we need to develop a framework of insight. You see, another key ingredient is really to build that framework of insight into the things of God. Think of it this way, that the framework is like very similar to our bone structure, which is like a honeycomb structure. It's all interlinked in all kinds of different ways. It's lightweight, but it's strong. That's what our bones are made out of. God's words, can I suggest to us, provide us notes in this framework. The more of God's words that we have, that we can build our convictions upon, more notes are being established in our hearts, in our minds. But the other key is not just having the notes, it's knowing how to link all those notes that we have so that it becomes a framework, a honeycomb kind of a framework. And the more linkages we have, the stronger it becomes. We can build those linkages with insight. Insight links God's truth together. What may seem to be separate nuggets of truth, those direct, explicit, implicit statements of truth from the scriptures, they are the separate notes, the nuggets, and then we can begin to link them together because we see the dotted lines, we begin to see the principle, we begin to see the extrapolated spiritual truths connecting all these things. And the more we, we see this, then uh, the implication of God's instructions, His commands become clearer. The reasons behind God's commands become more tangible. The reasons why we need to act becomes more compelling to us because we now see the entire framework coming into being. Let me give you an example of same-sex marriage. You see, it's more than just God's command against the act of homosexuality that we need to understand. It is also against distorting God's design for human gender. It is against distorting God's design for marriage and family. Because all of this ultimately impacts upon God's design for society and for church. Gender sexual confusion. It's not just some individual's sexual preference alone. It also impacts upon others as well. You see, the more gender confusion there is, the more it prevails, the more it will spread like a viral disease. When we allow same-sex marriage and when we affirm it, it gives it legitimacy rather than addressing the issue that is sinful in the sight of God. Worse, the impact upon children who have no choice because they're put into those situations, it will begin to corrupt their sexuality as well. The devil is working hard in all of this because his 
intent is to corrupt society back to its or down to its very foundations. And so we have to train ourselves to read, to study, to think deeply and broadly about many of these issues so that we can develop strong convictions in all those areas to influence the world. And lastly, the sixth ingredient we need is courage. You see, without courage, we will not be able to act upon our convictions. Without courage, we will even struggle to deepen our convictions because fear will hold us back. And so we need to overcome fear and unbelief in our hearts. The Bible says, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. So it takes courage to step out and to act. It takes courage to rise up against the tide and uphold God's standard. It takes courage to pay the price, to make the sacrifice. Liling and myself, we have had to have the courage to push forward in so many areas, at times putting at risk uh, what we hold dear even. For we understand we cannot advance anything significantly if we lack courage. So as leaders, you need to be courageous. Rise up in God. As leaders, you need to challenge and inspire your people to be courageous. So can I conclude? God is looking for a people of conviction who can rise up and lead His people in His way. We need to determine in our hearts to be a people of conviction as deeply, as quickly, and as broadly as possible by the grace of God. Yet, we need to make sure our convictions are truly based correctly upon God's Word. Incorrect convictions in, of a leader is not going to be helpful. Godly convictions will align our leadership with God. We also need to understand that there's a difference between the convictions that God's people should have generally and personal convictions that we need to have. There are things, there are convictions that should, we should uphold for ourselves, not necessarily for other people. For example, we, we had a conviction that we should put all our children through the public school system here in Australia because we believe that this will put them in a better position in the future to understand more what the world is like. I did not want to insulate them by putting them in a Christian school. And also because we realized we did not want to unnecessarily strain our financial situation, which was quite limited. So it's, it's our conviction for our family, but it's not something we ought to impose on others. Uh, but I can share about it, so perhaps they can consider whether they want that as their own convictions. Uh, but of course, right now, even in Australia, things the situation is changing. So what was our conviction for those era might change two decades down the road because the uh, educational environment is changing in Australia. So the key for us as leaders, a wise leader needs to know that difference. But at the end of the day, the key is let's be people who build deep convictions and lead our people in God's ways. God bless you. We trust you've been blessed by the word today. Do visit www.wilsonlyling.com for more messages and teachings. For the latest news and updates, follow Facebook and Instagram, wilson.lyling.